Hello, you are about to listen to another episode of Beyond Clean, a podcast where we talk about everything that is healthy, positive, and proactive. I am your host, Dave Thompson. Yes, we are in Season 4. We broadcast out of Orlando, Florida. This is where the cleaning industry talks about everything that is healthy, positive, and proactive. We would love to have you on the show, so reach out to me, D. Thompson at academyofcleaning.com or at 888-999-6059. Be sure to listen to our live streaming that we will be doing this year on Podbean. Now, for today's show, let's get started. Okay, folks, this is Dave Thompson. I am the host of Beyond Clean with Ace. We are live on Podbean Live on a podcast today. It is, and if you are on with us, you would know it is February the 14th. It's Valentine's Day, and I'm not going to be talking with my wife today, Uh, not at least right now, because that's not who's going to be on the line with me today. If you've been with us before, you know all of the precursors to our show. We talk about things in the cleaning industry, which is healthy, positive, and proactive, We also talk with a lot of different individuals about sales and marketing and, well, we're going to talk about all kinds of things this year. And to that point, I have on the line with me Ryan. I believe at least he should be there. So let's make a check here. Ryan, are you with me? Yep, I'm there. Can you hear me? Good enough. I can hear you very well. So, you know, I could tell you a lot about different people because I read their bios and stuff. But the one interesting thing is I found with Ryan is like most of us, we've got a LinkedIn page and they had this thing called the bread method. And I thought it was really interesting. Um, It's a quick and delicious approach to building a quality business relationship. I'm going to let Ryan talk to you about that. But Ryan, let's tell people who you are and what is, I believe it's R2? Yeah. So uh, my name is Ryan Rogar. I run a advertising marketing and uh, graphic design consultancy called R2 Media Group. We uh, are a, based in Salt Lake City, Utah, but we also have a remote office or a detached office in Barcelona, Spain. We also leverage remote resources from all over the planet to do our work. And, uh, and yeah, we've been doing that for about 20 years. So, but in those, yeah. So go ahead. I think that's what's interesting as we go through this, Ryan, is a lot of your stuff is about how to work remotely. So when I first looked at this, I go, uh, wait a minute, that's a long way from Utah to Spain. Yeah, no, it's true. And uh, and it's funny because my, my experience in remote work actually began when I was just 16, 17 years old. I used to road manage a number of different musical groups, and I started designing concert posters. My background is in in art and design and, and creative direction. And so uh, I started designing concert posters for my friends' bands. And uh, over time, it, the demand grew too great, and we were doing too many posters. So I had to start charging money for it, and that was sort of the beginning of the business. So, But in those early years, we did a lot of the work just over you know the Internet, which was brutally slow back then. And also uh, from the back of the tour bus, you know, tethered to my old BlackBerry Pearl. So, uh, so anyway, so I started remote work way back then. And even now, our agency is what we call a virtual agency in that we have sort of a core group of people who we work with day to day. 
but we bring in, you know, specialized uh, talent from all over the planet for different projects all the time. And so we, we don't keep a headquarters anymore. We largely work out of just uh, remote and co-working spaces and, uh, and sort of travel around the country to, you know, work with clients and things like that. So, Well, that is the beauty of where what, you know, the Internet age, I guess. It, there's also, as some people would say, detractors from the Internet. But I think this is the thing we're talking here to cleaning professionals in the cleaning industry, of course. And largely, our industry is still behind the times on this concept of I don't have to be there holding your hand in person. I can do these things through the internet now. And as you said, virtual, here at the academy, we have what we call virtual hands-on classes, and it's slow to catch on. Yeah, no, I think it makes sense. And I think that's true. I mean, for people who don't know, I, I didn't get into it, obviously, but I have a little bit of experience in commercial cleaning uh, in that I used to publish books for a, a man who went by the world's number one cleaning expert, who is a, a guy named Don Aslett out of Southeast Idaho. I worked for him for a number of years, and he owns a company called Varsity Contractors, which is a really large you know, commercial cleaning outfit here in the, in the United States and Canada. And uh, so I can I can attest to the fact that things were a little bit behind the times in, in my time working with him. He was, of course, a New York Times bestselling author. So he got a lot of press and a lot of media and things like that. But it was all done in sort of very traditional ways. And even in my time working with him, I built his first online store. I built his first website. I built his, you know, many of many of firsts. And, uh, you know, but websites weren't new then. E-commerce wasn't new then. You know, I wasn't inventing anything. I was just catching them up to the times. So I think I think you make a good point that, you know, there are industries and it seems like a lot of these the commercial or the service commercial entities, you know, cleaning, uh, real estate, other other entities that sort of service commercial companies uh, tend to be a little bit behind the curve in, in terms of technology and marketing. Well, so, and, but and, I don't I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing, you know, always either. I, I totally agree. So that thing is, is, you know, those of us that are ahead of the curve, as you will on this, uh, do face some challenges. And so it's not without oh, some apprehension, I would say, that we try new things. We're, ta we're, we're talking on a live podcast, not a recorded one. And so people are saying, well, why do you do that? It's so that people can call in. We've got a few people listening to us right now. If they want to share, they can. If they don't want to, they can listen. They can type in a question. We can do it. It's a little bit different than a webcast or podcast, you know, that, that, uh, that really doesn't have the interactive feel. But that's what the Internet gives us the ability to do today. So we're looking at all of the different advantages. And when you're talking remote, you're making use of all of them. Well, and that's the thing. I think that, you know, we are living in a great time, right? I mean, we can obviously, I mean, I'm, I'm having this call with you across the country, uh, different time zones, different whatever. And here we are live broadcasting to the internet. I mean, it's, it's pretty amazing what technology can do, but I think it's just like everything in real life, you know, like in real life, it, you know, balance, we have to have a balance, right? So technology is great, but I think the other side of that's great too. And, and so one of the big problems that comes up in, in technology is, Sometimes people go too far the other way. They become reliant on it. And I think, you know, and this is one of the premises that I spend a lot of time working on is this idea of the importance of a, a personal, like in-person human relationships. And, you know, it's mighty hard to pull that off over Twitter. But nonetheless, we get most of the way. And I think, I think you know, a technology has definitely got its place. But to your point about folks maybe in your industry being a little bit behind that curve, 
I think they may be a little better at the in-person stuff, which I think is actually what I, it's what I call the new old way. You know, it's it's the you know the fundamental stuff that makes it really or or that builds really good quality relationships that sometimes you just can't get using technology. Well, the way I look at podcasts and now streaming live podcasts is that this is the new version of the '50s or '30s radio show. This is talk radio, but it's live. And the thing is, is we have the ability now that this is put up there in it for, well, it will forever be there for people to listen to later. Yeah, no, and I think that that's a great differentiator between sort of radio, even even modern radio, but especially radio in the early, you know, 50s, 60s, 70s. Um, this idea that it's not impermanent, you know, there is tape of this and this will float around on the internet forever and God knows who's it, who it will, will benefit over the tenure of its existence, you know, I mean, the, you know, it, it maybe today we don't have millions of listeners, but over the over the course of the life of something like this, you easily could impact the lives of millions of people. And I think that's a pretty incredible thing. Well, and that's what, you know, everybody says, well, why are you doing what you're doing? And, and Ryan, you're exactly right. The reason that we do what we do at the Academy is to affect in a positive way human lives through cleaning. And so uh, just as a little note, because it gives me an opportunity to this, um, we're sponsored by Jim Supply out of Orlando, Florida. And, you know, one of the things they say, you know, they've been around for 90 years. One of the things they say is uh, we affect lives with cleaning supplies. You know, we're talking today, we're affecting lives by maybe something we're saying today. We don't even know that yet, and we'll probably never know. Yeah, well, and, you know, but it is true, and, you know, not to, to beat the drum on, on my experience with Don Aslett, but I was really involved with, in the early days of his building of the Museum of Clean, which is a, you know, 60,000-square-foot monstrosity in Pocatello, Idaho, that it basically celebrates commercial cleaning. Um, he has, you know, hundreds of years of cleaning history, you know, all the way back to, uh, you know, manually pumped vacuums and I think he even has a toilet that belonged to the Queen of Sweden or something. Like, I mean, he's got this insane collection. But the whole point is that he, too, believes that, you know, a clean being clean, you know, in, in all its many different facets, clean in life, clean in spirit, clean in attitude, clean in the way you treat people, you know, and clean in you know, your physical space, too. You know, maintaining buildings, keeping things clean, you know, is ultimately sort of the, the path to happiness. And so and I think that's true. So uh, to the guys over at Gem, they clearly see that as well. Now, I don't want to just go on cleaning here only because I'm still looking at this bread method. I see all of these slices of bread. Um, do you want me to say, tell what each slice says and so we can go through it or how do we want to do uh, no, I'm Yeah, no, I'm, I'm happy to roll into it for you. So I think the bread method, basically what it is, it's a strategy for developing good quality human relationships and business. Now, there are aspects of this that could be done online. I mean, you know, this basically isn't a you know, A to B type uh, tr uh, transition, but it's definitely a, a little bit of a guideline, just sort of breaking down the steps that you might go through to build a good quality relationship and how you choose to engage, whether it's online or in person or whatever. I believe, you know, there are probably versions of success regardless of how you do it. So I think it's really applicable, whether you're in the cleaning industry, whether you run any kind of business, you know, if you're self-employed or even if you're, you know, doing sales for somebody, like I, I think it's really uh, appropriate for any of those situations. So basically what we've done is we've broken this, you know, the, the acronym is BREAD. 
And so the, the first slice in this acronym is build. And so, and, and basically this build step is all about this building of a relationship, right? I mean, obviously without laying some fundamental, uh, you know, groundwork, it's pretty difficult to go on to the next step. Uh, one of the people I quote in the piece that, that you referenced is this guy, Seth Godin. He is a like world-renowned marketer. Most people, you know, at least in the marketing industry know him. But he, he talks about authenticity, and this is a word that gets kind of bandied around a, a lot, but I think not everybody has a clear definition of what it really means to be authentic. And so, but the way he sums it up, I really like, and it goes like this. He says, authenticity for me is doing what you promise, not being who you are. And I think there's a good distinction in there because I think a lot of times when we think of authentic, it sort of gives people who are, you know, I don't know, kind of buttheads the free will to be buttheaded because they're authentic to themselves or, you know, or, you know, in the positive version of that is if you're a really good person and you're authentic in that way, that's great too. But I think that idea of being who you are is less important than just doing what you promise. And especially in the context of business, I think that's key. So, to, you know, I, I know one of the things that we talk about, we just had a triple S regional meeting here this week. And one of the things they were talking about was cold calling and prospecting. And so, you know, if you're in sales, you're building the relationship. And what you're saying is don't be fake about it. Right. Well, and, and so here's the thing, right? If you're in a, in a sales type situation, I mean, obviously, you know, Cold calling is an aspect of it, but most people, you know, use a CRM or whatever, and they have sort of a process that go through to nurture a relationship. So there might be, you know, a first point of contact, but then there's a follow up email and then there's a text and then there's a whatever. Right. They're nurturing, they're building. And so and that's sort of, you know, just to sum up this first slice of bread, that's kind of what it is. It's so it's building, but it's building this relationship through the frame of you'll deliver what you say you deliver. You're, you know, you're, you're building good quality rapport, you're establishing credibility, and, and ultimately you'll end up having developed a relationship and some emotional connection. So, okay, so I, I think... I, uh, I, think I, that, I see these arrows and it says UFC. Yeah, so the UFC is like not a step in and of itself, right? I mean, in order for the acronym to work, we could build one of these in between every slice. But basically, if you think of the UFC or the upfront conversation... The idea is that this is sort of like the jam or the jelly, the whatever it is that holds the two step, you know, the, the subsequent step and the prior step together. And so in the case of, of this, you know, we've got a UFC sandwiched between uh, the build slice and then next step is the research slice. But what this UFC is, and, and this will basically occur between each one of these steps, is this basically asking permission to go forward, right? So it's setting expectations. It's working with your prospect or your, your you know, the person you're trying to sell to or whomever. Um, you're basically asking them permission to see if they're open for the next, you know, phase of the relationship. And so and by sort of establishing this uh, little bit of permission up front, it sort of sets the table for the next stage in the conversation. So the way that I described it in the article is that basically, you know, this isn't really cut and dry. This, this bread thing, you're, gonna, you're not going to do it once and find success. You're going to have to, it's going to be more like a B-B-R-R-R-E-E-E-A-D, you know, like it's going to be a, a whole mess of these things because you're going to have to keep going back and keep, you know, nurturing and keep building and keep doing all these things. So, so I think it's you, important to understand that. You're saying that you don't have just a real simple little thing. This is complicated. <laughs> well, unfortunately it's life and life is that way. So it's kind of a bummer, but, um, but I think, you know, ultimately, at its core, this simple idea, this idea of bread is, uh, you know, a, a good way to think about going through each one of these steps. So but to finish the, co the topic of the, the UFC, basically, it's just this upfront conversation. 
that you have with your prospect that allows you to sort of set the table for the next conversation and set everybody up for what's to come versus, you know, the alternative of just calling somebody out of the blue or another cold call or another, you know, out of context email or whatever. By doing this, you're establishing context that makes things easier to move forward. So what you're saying so the next, is, is everybody that's in sales that's selling something, it doesn't matter what it is, they've got to realize that you you just don't keep going. You you have to do this in between each step. Uh, it, it's not just, I'm there, I'm going to make my presentation. You have to continually check with the customer to make sure you have permission to move on to the next part of the presentation. Well, and I think it's important to do that. Just, I mean, you know, there's a version of this that is abrasive and not friendly. And maybe you skip this UFC and you just go from one step to the next. But I would argue, I mean, one of our big tenets is that we're trying to build meaningful, impactful relationships, you know, something like that that's on a deeper level. And I think in order to do that, you have to be respectful of one another. And part of being respectful is asking permission to go forward. So I think that that's sort of where I fall on, uh, on that. So the next step in this, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, no, so the, the next step in this process is research. So research is basically now you've got a little bit of a relationship, you've got a little more than a handshake with somebody, maybe you've met them for lunch or coffee or something, and now you've got a little something going, you've got some rapport. Well, now you have to, as a salesperson or as a marketer or as a whatever you might be, you've got to get into understanding how you can actually help this person. And I think it's key, you know, we, we tend to get into situations a lot, especially in sales, especially in marketing, I mean, in my industry, where people, you know, we have something to sell, therefore, hey, buddy, you should buy this or you should do this. And uh, but the reality is, I mean, you're going to have a much more fulfilled life and you're going to feel much better about your relationship if you actually go into it with the intention to help this person, you know, and let them explain to you what the problem is. Maybe you can help. Maybe you can make a referral, maybe whatever. But, you know, keep the pressure low, go in and start doing your, your legwork. So in this phase, we talk about the why discussion, which is basically figuring out why this, why now, why me? So somebody's come to me and said, hey man, I wanna run a marketing campaign. I would ask, well, why do you wanna run a marketing campaign? You know, why now? What What's happening in your business or in your industry or whatever that's prop, you know, uh, making you want to do this now? Why, you know, why is it timely all of a sudden? And then, and this is one that most people struggle with is this idea of why me? You know, especially if you're out on the hunt looking for work, you know, of course you want it to be you, right? But by establishing why it should be you, it makes the rest of the process much easier. You know, if they have a solid reason, if your prospect has a solid reason for wanting to work with you, well, you know, that makes life so much easier than you trying to convince them the whole time that they should. I want to just take a quick moment to say thank you to the people that are on with us. We are on Podbean Live, a live stream of this podcast today. So those of you that are with us, thank you for being here. Let's continue on. So we're building a sandwich here for, well, marketing, business relationships. We've got two slices and a little bit of jelly in between. Yeah. So as we, as we wrap up that prior phase, again, we've, we've got to work in this UFC or uh, UFC. Up front that we're, did I lose you there for a second? Do you still have me? Yep, yep. That's all right. Okay. Keep, keep going. Um, so basically, we, we have this upfront conversation thing again and make sure that we've sort of set the stage for the next step. So the next step uh, or the third slice in this acronym is uh, engage. So at this point, we're ready to start work, doing some work. We have a clear understanding of what the, the prospect hopes to get done. You know, we have some idea of what, you know, whether it's a, a product they want to buy or a service they want to engage in or whatever. 
Um, we have a clear understanding of what their problem is, how we're capable of solving it for them. And in this phase, this engage step, it's, it becomes a little bit more tactical. Now we've got to get into drafting contracts that will protect us and them. We need to make sure that there's not a lot of room for inter interpretation. We need to be you know, very clear uh, in the marketing business. And I, I could imagine, and, and tell me if I'm wrong, but I imagine in the cleaning industry, this happens to some degree. There's a thing in, in advertising or marketing we call scope creep, which is this idea that you've agreed to one thing, but then they just kind of ask if you'll do a little extra or do this extra little thing. You know, it's kind of no big deal, but just add it on. But over time, all these little add-ons become a problem, and they call that scope creep. So I could see that in commercial cleaning where they say, oh, you know what? We didn't include, you know, I don't know, the foyer in our uh, contract, but would you mind go ahead and just sweeten that while you're at it, you know? And, uh, you know, maybe, especially with small businesses, maybe they don't think a lot about it and they just do it, but it's 10 extra minutes of time, 10, 10 extra minutes of payroll. And what does that look like over the course of the year? So it's really important to try and keep control of that, that uh, scope creep, as we call it. Well, so right, also, you know, I, I have a class here at the academy for job bidding and workloading, and one of the things I tell people is the devil is in the details, and you're talking about those details, and I say one of those is you never actually take a contract that says as needed or as required because you've just lost money. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think that's exactly right, and that's the, the parallel that uh, I think I'm describing here is this idea that you know, you're, you've agreed to one thing, but now all of a sudden you're doing something else, but it wasn't built into the scope, but you know, it, it, I don't know, it, it can be really confusing. And anytime there's uh, confusion or things get a little bit muddled, that's when, you know, the relationship will start to sour. So moving forward on this, uh, this you know, methodology, the next step uh, after another UFC or another upfront conversation setting the, the tone for the next meeting is action. So in this action step, now you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, right? You've, you've agreed on a plan of attack. You know all the problems. You're, you're ready to go. You've got your contract in place. Now's the time you get super tactical and start to formulate and put into play your plan of attack. So now we're, we're spending our energy, we're actually doing what we said we'd do the whole time. So at this point, we're working on delivering the value established and promised, back to that earlier idea of authenticity. We were making sure that we're living up to what we promised. And then, you know, to the uh, point we were just discussing, this idea of scope creep, you know, we're making sure that anything extra is, you know, viewed through the lens of how do these move objectives, you know, the objectives we've set forward in prior steps, how do, how do these little add-ons that you're doing, how do they move you forward or back? If they don't move you forward, reject them. And if they do move you forward, then you need to uh, revisit with another statement of work or, uh, you know, update your contract. You know, there's a number of places as I read through this, Ryan, is that you continue to use the word why. And it's one of the things we do here at the Academy. It's one of my favorite words. You need to continue to check with your customer why are we here? Why are we doing this? And I think that might even lead to your your uh, UFC because if you don't check on the why, make sure everybody's understanding. There's no sense in going forward. Yeah, no, it's it's so true, and that's the thing is um, the, there's no reason to continue the relationship if everybody's not on board, right? And and I mean, a lot of times, you know, out of desperation or trying to keep a contract alive will keep a toxic relationship going longer than it should. But ultimately, it either ends up costing us more money or more you know, emotional baggage or more whatever. I mean, there's a lot of things that it can affect that maybe aren't monetary. 
And, uh, you know, it's so it's really important to make sure you're on the same page. And I think so you're have, right. I have think you, have, you found, have you found people that get to this point and they go, you know what, I really wasn't good with the other two. And so they never actually finished this project. Or is this something you feel that they just go through all of this with every call? Is this? Is no, this, there, uh, there is certainly abandonment at every step. Right. I mean, you may get into building a relationship with somebody Maybe you meet them for lunch and you just get a yucky vibe. You know, maybe you just meet that guy and it doesn't seem right. Or you meet that lady and just you guys don't get along. It's a little abrasive or a little combative from the beginning. Or maybe maybe this prospect is, I don't know, looks like she's going to maybe take advantage of you. Or he, he looks like, you know, he's trying to bargain hunt and he's going to try and drive your price down or commoditize the work you're doing. You know, so there's a lot of reasons you may not even get out of the build step. But, you know, once you, you know, if you do get past the build step, you know, think of these, each one of these steps is sort of like qualification, right? And, and it takes all these different aspects of qualification to make, ensure a good relationship. The last two aspects of, of this thing, the action and the delight step, well, and I guess sort of the, uh, the engaged step as well, that sort of can become kind of a perpetual loop, right? Once you have a relationship going with somebody, it, it becomes easier to take the next contract from them or whatever, right? Because you've already developed the rapport. But you still have to kind of keep revisiting that, right? You never stop building the relationship. It's just like, you know, whether it's with a client or it's with your spouse or it's with your best buddy, you know, you never stop building. It grows and changes and evolves over time. Needs change, people change, maybe you know, your client jumps to another company or something and he brings you along with, but now there's new corporate uh, policies you've got to contend with. And, you know, I mean, so it, it makes sense to kind of go back and revisit that. Now, in terms of how it looks, you know, maybe it's just, you know, 10% of your relationship is going back to that B step, back to the build step. But, you know, the lion's share of your time, the 80% of your time or 90% of your time is spent just performing the action that you said you'd perform and delighting your client. So, um, so I think it, it's meant to be flexible, you know, in, a, in the form of a slice of bread, it feels kind of regimented. But the idea is that, you know, all these steps will come in all shapes and sizes, and they will definitely ebb and flow to, to the opportunity you've got in front of you. Now, I want to get to the last one, because this is the one that I think that all salespeople, and, and as you said, marketing, any business relationship is sales and marketing, just get over that, that's what it is. But it's the last one that's going to really payoff. Yeah. And I, I think you're right. And this is, you know, it's one of those things. And I mean, think of it, you know, you, you've asked your kid to clean their room and they do an okay job, but not a great job. Like they didn't delight you, right? They did the work, but you're not delighted. Or you employ a commercial cleaning company and, you know, things are clean enough. You know, there's a little soap scum behind the sink that they didn't get, or there's a, you know, corner that's got some cobwebs in it they missed or whatever, but you know, you're not happy. You're not delighted. Right. So, that starts to infuse problems where over time they start looking for a new contractor or they start looking for a new uh, you know, person to work with. And, and so that can become real problematic. So if you build sort of into your process, this idea of delight, which is the, the final step in the spread method is, is delight. If you sort of build that into the process, so it's just part of the way you do business versus something that you're doing that's above and beyond or an extra thing, I think it changes it mentally so that you feel right just doing it as part of the work you're performing anyway versus, you know, oh, well, I finished the job, but God, now I have to come up with something to, to really impress them. So, I, you know, so I think that's the point. So at this point, you, you know, you'll have taken every opportunity to sort of go above and beyond. You know, that is taking a little extra time, making sure you're doing a good job, not cutting any corners, that kind of thing. 
being a person of your word, you know, like we talked about the cleaning industry, maybe being a little bit behind in technological aspects, but maybe being a little stronger in interpersonal aspects, you know, or at least you would hope so. And this idea of being a person of your word should still mean something, right? I mean, it seems like we live in a society now where your word means a little less, but I think it's refreshing when it does mean something still. And, uh, and so being a person of your word and being authentic under the you know, definition that we established at the beginning of the call, um, I think, you know, will add to this delight. You know, you've paid respect to the fact that handshakes still mean something, you know. And so to the point of being a person with your word or a, a person of your word, you know, making a handshake should still mean something. You know, you're actually taking that moment to sort of press the flesh with somebody. And that has to mean something because if it doesn't, you know, what are, what are we doing here? You know, and so finally, you've delivered on expectations. And at this point, too, you should feel comfortable asking them for referrals, testimonials, things like that, things to help build your business. Basically, if you're delighting your client, they should be thrilled to death to give you a testimonial about how good you're doing. And I know that for a lot of people, it's difficult to ask for this. Uh, you know, it might feel a little weird asking for a referral like, oh, you're my client. But can you tell me about another client or can you give me a testimonial so I can share it with other prospects? But I think, you know, by and large, if you've got a good relationship with your client, they want you to be successful, too. And most people understand that you can't just work for one business. You know, you've got to have multiple clients to, to build something big and sustainable. Brian, I didn't know that's exactly what you were going to say, but I got to tell you, I just posted this morning on LinkedIn a testimonial from a client, had a meeting with him this week, and he sent me a testimonial. And here's one of the things also recognize when you're doing this is I also asked him before I publicized it if I had permission to publicize his testimonial. Just because he gave it to me doesn't mean he wants everybody in the world. He did. It's on LinkedIn. So go to the Academy of Cleaning on LinkedIn. You'll see that testimonial. You're absolutely correct. You know, we have to ask for these in the cleaning industry, by and large, because we usually just don't talk a lot. And when we do, it usually isn't a whole lot of wordy, but you know what? It's still valuable. Folks, we have been talking for about, oh, let's see, half an hour. Our program today is sponsored by Gym Supply. They improve lives with cleaning supplies in Orlando, Florida. Well, Central Florida altogether. They've been doing it for 90 years. We here at the Academy are so happy to be uh, sponsored by them. We are on Podbean Live. We're broadcasting live. Yep, that's right. You heard it. Uh, if I screw up, I can't go back and get it off of here because it's live. So, Ryan, at R2, you do a lot more than just talk about bread. Yeah, no, it's true. We do. Um, so, But one of the core tenets of our business is building relationships. And, and for us, we, we analyze, you know, we do a lot of the traditional marketing and advertising work, a lot of design work. But the work that we do, we try and do through the lens of developing and fostering relationships. We try and take a vested interest in our clients' business and the people who do business with them and try and establish better relationships. And so as we do uh, or employ marketing tactics, we always do so through the lens of how is this you know, helping or hurting the relationship. And we found that serves us pretty well. So back to what we kind of started about, because... How does a person go to marketing their business relationship? They've went through all of this work, um, and, you know, it, I think this is where a lot of the people, at least in, in my industry, are struggling 
with how to market what they do on a daily basis. We've had a number of people on our podcast and they're talking about storytelling. They're talking about uh, whether we want to do it on the internet, how do we do it, uh, videos. As you work with different people through your uh, virtual um, business, how are people actually doing the marketing of their relationships? Well, so it obviously varies a lot by by client, of course. Um, one of the things that we find that, you know, I think this happens a lot of times. I assume this would happen in cleaning, actually, as I'm thinking about it. Um, we, we tend to try and approach situations as a generalist, you know, even in, in our marketing business for the longest time, it was like we were trying to be all things to all people. You know, we're capable of doing X, Y, Z, you know, W, Q, everything. But um, it's really important to start to find your niche and start to figure out how you are special in a field where like, you know, and I'll just talk about marketing because that's the world we live in. Uh, you know, in the marketing world, there is no shortage of world-class designers, uh, amazing strategists, you know, wonderful design or uh, marketing opportunities out there. Like, I mean, there is more than you could possibly shake a stick at. But the way to stand out is by specializing. And so, and it might be, diff you know, a little bit difficult in cleaning if you're trying to be just a general contractor cleaning a building. And as part of that, you've got a hundred different things you must do. But I think one thing you can do is try to specialize or become expert in one thing or another. And by doing that, it makes the storytelling that you alluded to much easier to tell. It's hard to tell the story about how you're everything to everyone, but it's easy to tell the story about how you're best in the world at X, Y, or Z. And so I think that's one thing that, you know, people listening could do is try to you know, figure out what it is that they do, at least in their mind, better than anybody else or that makes them unique in the industry. You know, maybe it is. I mean, we're, we've talked quite a bit about, uh, you know, technology and cleaning and, and, you know, being a little bit behind the curve. Well, if you're a tech, if you're a cleaning company who happens to be on the cutting edge of technology, well, then maybe that's your differentiator. You know, maybe that's the thing that makes you stand out is, yes, we do cleaning, but we do it, you know, with hyper efficiency amazing record keeping, all this stuff, because we employ amazing technology that does that. Or, you know, we're thought leaders in the space. We, we do things like podcasting like this. You know, we uh, write articles, we share blog posts, we make videos, you know, all kinds of different executions. But the idea is that you're establishing expertise by being the guy that's doing it. You know, I mean, when you get caught up in it, you know, and, and you may be able to relate to this, but, the, you know, when you're the guy podcasting all the time and you spend a significant amount of time doing it, like you start to think, oh, well, everybody must know podcasts. Like, you know, we're all podcasters. Everybody understands what a podcast is. But the reality is most people don't. And podcast is still really kind of in its infancy. And you wouldn't think so because there's half a million podcasts on the iTunes store and maybe more by this point. But the idea or but the point is that it's still not globally accepted. You know, this still isn't a platform that everyone does. So, you know, by being a podcaster, you're kind of on the vanguard of communication. You know, you're sort of on the future version of this. And so I think, uh, you know, there are a lot of things you can do like that to sort of break yourself out. There, of course, are always traditional marketing methods. You know, you can do a lot of fun and interesting things with uh, with retargeting and Facebook ads and Instagram ads and all this stuff. But I think ultimately and, you know, I mean, it's kind of contrary to me selling a lot of marketing stuff, you know, selling digital display ads or whatever. Uh, so much of it really is about that interpersonal relationship and the thing that you do, that, you know, that you have invested time in somebody. And, you know, it's not the fastest route to new business, but I think it, it builds relationships that last the longest, are of the best quality, 
and you develop relationships where that person's going to take care of you. You're not just the line item. And so I think really working on the soft skills in, in development, you know, not just cold calling, but, you know, go to networking events and go meet people and, you know, shake hands and, and greet people and don't go into it with a, a sales pitch. You know, I mean, sometimes out of out of desperation or, you know, maybe maybe we got bills to pay and we don't have enough work on the on the docket and we've got to land a new client and we get this you know sense of desperation or, or immediacy that we have to land this client. So we sometimes will go out and start getting a little abrasive or a little aggressive with people saying, hey, you know, I can I can be cheaper than your other guy or I can do whatever, you know, and we sort of, I guess, put ourselves at a disadvantage. Right. We're not actually looking out for our best interest. We're just trying to get some money on the uh, in the bank. And, you know, that's a real thing. But at the same time, the more you can avoid this this desperation, go into it with true, authentic intentions, this idea about going in and improving the lives of somebody, you know, in this case, via cleaning, you know, I think proper intention you know, the soft skills, the human stuff, the looking people in the eye while you're talking, all that kind of stuff, I think uh, will go a lot further or as far as a lot of things you could just throw marketing dollars at. You know, as you were talking about this, I was thinking about a recent client that came here to the gym supply store in Orlando. And he was, he, he'd been looking at some of our YouTube videos and he says, there's a certain machine that you've shown on that YouTube video. I've never seen it before. So we showed it to him and everything, and, you know, he had to wait for the machine to come in because we didn't have it in stock. And I mentioned the podcast. He goes, oh, yeah, whenever I'm working on Saturday and Sunday, he says, I'm listening to your podcasts. And I'm like, you know, it was such a, um, oh, I don't know, it was exciting to hear. But on the other hand, Ryan, what you said, I've only been doing this for about a year, and people are saying, oh, you're a pro at it. Um, no, I'm not. I'm still trying <laughs> to figure out how to do all this. I didn't know how to do Podbean Live until January, which is only about a little over a month ago. And I'm still not sure that we're doing everything 100% right. But, you know, to have somebody that says, when I'm working, I'm listening to you. This is, this is that relationship that you're talking. He is hearing us talk about these things. I guarantee you he's going to be hearing this right here. And he's going to know I'm talking about him right here live today. Yeah. Well, and I think you make a really good point. And I think it also speaks to that point about developing some expertise and niching down a little bit. This, uh, you know, I mean, to your point, you've only been podcasting about a year. You, you know, have moved to this platform in recent history. Yet here this guy is who's, you know, listening to your broadcast and gathering things from it. You know, you're impacting his life kind of unbeknownst to him. But or unbeknownst to you, but in his world, you are an expert because you're sharing these opinions. You may not, I mean, you know, not to say anything about you or whatever, but I mean, you may not be, maybe he's hyper-educated in the ways of cleaning, you know, maybe he's actually more intellectual about it or something than, than we are. But the point is you're the one out there sharing the message. And so sort of by proxy, you become the expert. And so by putting yourself out there, it's, it's I think really valuable for your business. And that's the point. And this is what I'm trying to get people to understand. It's not that I'm any more of an expert than anybody else. That's not it. We need to share the knowledge that we have. We need to talk through it. We need to, to interconnect with each other. Uh, we have a rock star program. And the first thing that's in that program is it says communication. And that's what this is. Communication is the root of a professional business relationship. 
Yeah, no, it's well, it's the whole thing, right? And I mean, it, it, being able to communicate is the, is the whole way we do anything we do. And so it's, you know, extremely important. It's like the thing. And so, and, uh, you know, I think that it's really important that people try and understand that. And, and I mean, in the case of, of us, and I'm sure you do the same, I mean, uh, we do a lot of podcasting. I'm, I'm taping a podcast now in the remote workspace, but I'll also have our, our weekly business uh, podcast that we do. And, you know, it's not about us. It's about the expertise of the people we bring on the show. You know, we're trying to learn. We're, we're hoping to gain, you know, glean new information from people who are experts to us, you know, and those people have learned from experts to them, you know I mean? But that's the whole thing. I mean, it's all learning. It's all, all this. And this idea of making our podcasts a two-way conversation instead of just us sharing a message and throwing it at you and you digest it and that's it. You know, uh, I, that's actually one of the things I think is really cool about this Podbean platform is that people could literally message in a question and, you know, have this interactivity with the show. And, you know, we do similar things by email and stuff like that where people can email questions to our shows. But it's like this, the format of podcasting versus like traditional radio really lends itself to the idea of having a conversation much more than just us broadcasting at people. We can actually, you know, have these conversations that are meaningful. You know, this guy that's listening to you could now ping you with a, a question and you might go do the research and figure out how to deliver for him, you know, because he's a, a listener of your show. Brian, we had a few people that came on. They came off. Uh, Sandy came on, was there for a while. We had a gentleman from India that was on there for a while. It seems like we've had several people from India on our live uh, uh, broadcast. Uh, one guy stayed on here for close to 35 minutes listening to us, didn't ask a question, but I was watching. He was still staying there with us, listening to us, and that's what this is all about. And, you know, I don't know if streaming live has a real big thing, but I will tell you this, that when we started podcasting, we had a few visitors, a few people that were following, but we have increased our uh, followers from less than 10 to almost 80 in the last month. Yeah, well, and that's the thing, right? And it's what's so cool about um, like the podcast as a platform is, as you alluded to earlier on in the conversation, you mentioned this idea that things, you know, sort of live forever, right? You put this thing out on the internet and it's sort of there in perpetuity. Now, of course, you could manually go in and delete it or whatever, but assuming you just let it go, this thing will kind of live forever. And what we found like with our show, our business podcast is two years old now. Well, a little more than two years old. And, you know, we're 150 episodes in. And basically what happens is every time we bring on a new subscriber, other episodes in the catalog lift, right? They, they start to get into your show. So they go back and they start looking at other people or we have, you know. And so, so it's a really cool format in that respect in that it sort of will continue to organically grow. But it won't just be the episode that we're launching today. They'll right. listen to this episode, then they'll go back and listen to t the 10 past episodes and, that's and, what uh, and sort of look the whole thing. And the 50s radio show. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a, I think it's a, a important distinction. And one of the things that makes podcasting so strong also, you know, just to tie it back into establishing expertise and becoming, you know, niching down in your space as a, as a cleaner or a business owner or whatever you may be doing, you know, by having these things living out there forever, you start to develop a little bit of a, uh, you know, to keep it in the frame of bread, you know, a little breadcrumb trail behind you, right? And I always think of these things, you know, basically every word you share, every audio bite you share, every video you share on the internet, 
you know, those are like little breadcrumbs scattered all over the internet, right? And so when somebody comes a looking, you know, hey, I need a commercial cleaner in Southeast Florida or wherever, then, you know, they can start to follow these breadcrumbs, you know, they're going to follow little things, you know, this and that. And, you know, over time, those breadcrumbs will start to form a little bit of a trail to you. So the more you can sort of establish expertise by writing, you know, great articles and sharing information via podcast or other platforms, however you see fit, the more of that stuff that you can just kind of throw out on the on the web, you know, and make sure it's of decent quality and things, you know, I mean, you're representing yourself in all this, you know, but I mean, you're leaving these little crumbs, these little particles everywhere for people to sort of start chasing down. And the more you leave, the easier it is to find you. So some of those breadcrumbs you're talking about is a gentleman that came to a, a master's class here at the academy we have a master's class it's four days long we do it about six times a year and a gentleman walked in uh from south georgia, uh, um, georgia and he walks in he shakes my hand says i'm so glad to meet a celebrity and i'm oh, wow. around going where's he at and he know he goes you you don't know how long i've been listening to you watching your videos reading what you're saying and these are the breadcrumbs you're talking about. Now, in his mind, as you said, to him, I'm a celebrity. I can guarantee it to the people that work in this building, I am not a celebrity. <laughs> okay? But that's the whole thing you're saying. To be able to impact somebody in that way, and if we don't communicate, if we don't market what we're doing, and we don't tell people, and as you said, ask for those testimonials about what we do, this builds on itself, and it's always going to be there. Thank you to the people that have been coming on. I, I enjoy, uh, you know, here's, I really like the one that just came on, green. I'm a green guy. I'm all about green and healthy. Um, you know, we, we've been talking with Ryan here about the bread method. So if you're on LinkedIn, you're going to see his bread method. You can read that. But see, what I did is I read it and I said, I've got to learn more. And that's why you're on today. And you know what? We're going to have this recorded and it's going to be on LinkedIn later today. So you can listen to all of this. If you got on for a little bit, couldn't hear the whole thing, but you want to listen to it. Yes, it's recorded. So you can, we are on Podbean live. We've been streaming for about 45 minutes. Ryan, I think we need to do a few plugs for your business and, that, <laughs> and then a closing thought. Sure. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll keep it real simple. Um, as far as plugs, um, for listeners of the podcast, we do a, a free five-point brand relationship relation, uh, analysis where we can look at your small business and sort of establish, you know, uh, give you some criteria that you can look at and decide, you know, how your business is performing through the lens of developing great relationships. Uh, you can get that for free just at ryanrogar.com slash consult. That's R-Y-A-N-R-O-G-H-A-A-R.com slash consult. And that's free. There's no, no strings attached or anything like that. It's just a simple, uh, you know, analysis that will run on your business free of charge and, uh, and tell you how you're doing in, in the frame of, of building business relationships. Outside of that, you can learn about our, our marketing agency and everything over at R2MG.com. That's uh, R2M is in media, G is in group.com. And uh, also, you can follow all my articles, everything to do with uh, remote work and, and all that over at teammateapart.com. What is going to be on your bucket list personally? 
Well, I think right now I'm, I'm really working towards trying to develop a little bit of a speaking career. Uh, the idea is basically I want to take these ideas, not just the bread method, but, you know, other ideas about developing and growing and nurturing human relationships uh, in this technological time, uh, either through the, you know, for, in the frame of remote work and trying to improve situations for people all over the world who are looking to try and improve their situation by leveraging remote work. Or, um, you know, e even in just traditional small business marketing, advertising like that, I, I think that we can be so much more impactful and share so much more uh, information, you know, in regards to the importance of human relationships by, you know, sharing, sharing, sharing. So right now I'm looking for speaking opportunities in that realm. Also more podcasting, more guesting on, on different shows and that kind of thing. And so I would say for, for like a bucket list, I guess the idea is to basically impact as many people as I can in a positive way, whether they take away something from my marketing message or they take away something, you know, like the spread method and they can run with it and build a business. You know, I, uh, just, want to, I just want to do good things for good people and I want to see people, you know, all rise together. So uh, I think that's sort of all I got. Okay, so you know, that's your business podcast or your, uh, uh, bucket list. I want to know... Do you want to jump out of a plane? Do you want to swim in the ocean? Do you want to go to Maui? Um, basically, what, what I'm building for, the, lar the lion's share of what I'm building for is to start spending a, a larger portion of my year over in Barcelona, which is uh, where we have a small office, but it's also maybe my favorite city on the planet. I also uh, want to, you know, so I, I'm looking forward to trying to find a, a nice little apartment over there somewhere overlooking the Mediterranean one of these days. Now, that's what I was wanting to find out, right? <laughs> I, I, I mean, I had to pull that out of you. <laughs> sorry, sorry. You know, it's, it's, it's the podcast, right? We're busy talking business. You know, it's hard to stop and think about myself. Right. Yeah. But see, that's the thing is, is I just had this feeling that there was this connection with Spain. And when you said Barcelona, I'm like, yep, I, there, there you are. Yeah. So well, and I mean, honestly, I mean, I don't know if you've got two more seconds, but I'll explain that. Go, 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 go for it. Go for it. So, so basically what happened is, is during my whole 20s, I spent a lot of time, you know, basically running my little online design shop where all my clients uh, came to me via the Internet. And I worked in a little office all by myself day in and day out, 10, 15, 20 hours a day. Uh, just killing myself for the cause. And I did that basically for my entire 20s. And over the course of my 20s, all my personal relationships, my family, my friends, my everybody started to sort of go their own way, right? They went off to college, they got married, they started careers, they moved away, they did all these things. And meanwhile, I was just pecking away at the, computer, at the keyboard in my little office back in Pocatello, Idaho. And um, so what happened is I eventually, I got an opportunity to come down and I was sort of hired away from my agency to come work for an agency down here in Utah. And it's actually the reason we live in Utah now is because this agency brought me down uh, now seven and a half years ago. And uh, we, we moved down here and the first thing we did, we got into this neighborhood and we had the opportunity to put our sons, uh, then my, just my oldest son, but in a Spanish immersion elementary school. And as a part of that, we were given the opportunity to host a Spanish intern who was coming over to teach. And so she'd finished her degree program and everything, but she'd come over to teach. And so her name's Anna. Anna came over, lived with us for a year while our son did the Spanish immersion program. But Anna had actually begun as a graphic designer. But because of the economic situation in Spain, she ended up bailing on that and going into education because it's a safer career over there. It's like a government job with a pension and everything. So she she sort of had abandoned her dreams in the sense, you know, in, in the sense uh, in lieu of practicality. 
And so she she made that decision. But while she was living with us, I was running my or working for the agency. And then I was running my little design shop in the evenings from seven at night to two in the morning. And so she started staying up with me and working with me. We worked together every day for about six months before she went home. And then we hired her full time. And so when she went home, she became, you know, my partner over in Barcelona. And the following she went home in June and the following March, I went over to Spain for my first time. And uh, I had never been there before, but during the time she lived with us, all she ever talked about were her friends and her family and, you know, just talk about all this relationship stuff. And for me, I was like, yeah, whatever, you know, I'm working eight hours a day at the agency and eight hours a day on my business. Like I'm busy, man. Who's got time for that? You know? And uh, as soon as I landed in Spain, I was immediately sort of embraced by her family and her friends and, and really brought into all these circles, you know, brought into her familial circles and social circles. And at the time I spoke no Spanish at all. And a lot of people, they go to Spain for the first time and what they get out of it is, oh, wow, crazy party situation or, you know, the food is amazing or I love the beaches or whatever. But for me, what was wildly impactful was this, you know, relationship, the value they put on me and they didn't know me from anyone. And for me, that that shifted our whole paradigm that moved everything. And so and from that point forward, we've been trying to build it into our business I write about it. I talk about it. I, I do everything I can do to sort of spread the good word about developing good, you know, great human relationships. So, but it was all sort of born in Spain. So that's sort of, I think, the passion for Spain. I think it's interesting, Ryan, as you said that, that those of us that are out here on the fringes that are pushing ahead and doing what others aren't doing. Uh, I've talked with several different people. As a matter of fact, a couple of people are going to be on the podcast next week. There is a personal story behind what we do that has led us to be an advocate for what we're doing today. Um, your business relationships now is much more important than it ever has been because of those personal relationships that somebody, well, kind of introduced you to. Yeah, I mean, for me, it was like a whole different way of living, right? And, and I feel kind of stupid telling the story, but I told it so much now that I'm used to it. But it's, um, you know, but I mean, the, the thing is that, like, I was just naive. I didn't even realize, you know, it's that whole you don't know what you don't know thing, right? And so I felt like, you know, at the time I, I was married, I had a young boy when I was spending all this time working and working and working. So in my mind, I was doing what you're supposed to do as a father, right? You're supposed to provide and you're supposed to generate income for the family. And I was self-employed, so I had to work my little butt off. And, you know, I thought I was doing the right thing. And, I, and it really took me going to Spain and me seeing how they interact with one another and the value they put on people over there for me to go, oh, oh, okay. You know, and that totally exists here in the States. It just wasn't my experience. And so it, so having this opportunity to go to Spain and see that firsthand, I mean, yeah, wildly impactful. It changed my whole outcome. So what Ryan's telling us is work as hard on your personal relationship as your business relationship and probably almost do the same thing for both. Yeah, well, I mean, they're inextricably connected, right? I mean, whatever you do in business and the way you carry yourself in business and, if, you know, should mirror the way you carry yourself in life. And I think if you if you do so, you know, the quality of relationships will be better. The work you do will be more satisfying and the, you know, ground you can cover, whether it's financial success or, you know, just getting comfortable or just job satisfaction, life satisfaction, whatever. I mean, whatever your metric is for being happy you're sure as heck going to get there a lot quicker by being, you know, good to person, good to people, being authentic to yourself, developing quality relationships and, you know, not screwing over people in business for sure. Ryan, it's been great to have you on here uh, for oh, close to an hour as I look at it. Wow. 
that's uh, that's great. Time went by very, very well. Um, we have been sponsored by Jim Supply. They are in Central Florida. They have 90 years of improving lives with cleaning supplies. And we said we'd have new podcasts coming up. So I want to kind of tell you a little uh, next. Well, let's see. I'm not sure what day it is. It's the 20th. Not even looking at a calendar. So I think that's Thursday, maybe Wednesday. Look it up on your calendar. The 20th, Ricardo is going to be with us. He took a business, a cleaning business in Chicago that his brother had, didn't know anything about the cleaning business, and in five years, it's a $7 million business. We're going to talk with him about how he did it, what he's doing, and how he's marketing it, and some other things he's marketing and doing as well. And also on Friday, uh, Bill Fellows will be back with us. We're going to be talking chemical safety. And as I said, some of us have a personal message. Bill's has that personal message. He's going to be with us every month this year. I want to say thank you to everybody that's come on to the podcast today. You can find us at the Academy of Cleaning Excellence.com. You can find us on LinkedIn, Twitter. Yeah, we're on all the social media. Please like and share what you've heard here today on Podbean Live. Um, you know, people have come on and off. Didn't have anybody with a question today, but you know, if you have an idea or you have a comment that you'd like to make, please get it to us. Uh, even if this is recorded, please send us a message. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah, testimonials are good. Ryan and I talked about that. Ryan, been great to have you on the show with us, and who knows, maybe we'll have you back. Yeah, I appreciate it so much. I was really grateful for your time, and uh, glad to be here. Folks, as I do every podcast and everything I, uh, I, I do, I've got three words. Whatever you do, when you leave us today, make sure it is healthy, positive, and proactive. Happy Valentine's Day. We're out of there.